0: Welcome to the other side of the studio. Join us for authentic stories, expert insights, and a fresh perspective on wellness to guide you through the nuances of life's transitions, reminding you that every shift, every change, is an opportunity for growth. Rooted in the timeless teachings of Pilates, we journey through the seven pillars of a well-balanced life, spiritual, emotional, physical, sleep health, nutrition, relationships, and financial balance. Are you ready to embrace transitions and live a conscious, strong life? Hosted by speaker, author, retreat guide, and founder of Conscious Strong, Lauren McLaughlin.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Other Side of the Studio, where we talk about all things related to your health and well-being outside of the doctor's office, outside of the the gym, where you can become your own medicine and take control of your health and well-being. So I'm so excited to have a guest who is returning, and it is Ingrid Arm Hernandez, who is here as a physical therapist that is beyond a physical therapist. She is 39 years with experience in pelvic health, and boy is it needed because there's a lot of stuff that goes on down there that we don't talk about. So welcome Ingrid, I'm so grateful to have you back. Super excited about what we have to share and welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So continuing our discussions about what's going on down there, we're sharing a lot. At least I know I am in the work that I've been doing lately, and I know you are. So tell me, what have you been hearing most? Like, What is really going on that is concerning for not just our women, men are mm-hmm. experiencing it as well? Yeah, there are. There
2: are so many different things, I think, that we hear that people don't want to talk about, like you said down there. And some, I guess, the most common one that people have heard and are willing to step forward and talk about is incontinence. There are so many different kinds of incontinence. People don't realize how involved even that conversation is on its own. But I would say that's
1: probably what at this point people are willing to step forward and start asking questions. Absolutely. I hear that as well. So let's talk about that, the different types of incontinence, because that's pretty important because a lot of us don't know that there are these varying, you know, some may be more obvious than others, but let's talk about that. Sure. Sure.
2: I would say stress incontinence. So that's not I'm stressed out. It's called stress incontinence because of the force we put on our pelvic floor. That's probably the most common. So the example would be someone who goes to do a jump rope ring and all of a sudden says, oh, oh, oh my gosh, you know, I lost a few drops. Or you sneeze and cough. The unfortunate thing about that is we've been taught, particularly women have been taught, that's okay. You know, when you're pregnant, that's okay. After pregnancy, it's okay. Menopause, it's okay. It's not Okay. And that's something that's a real myth we have to dispel that it's not okay and there's something you can do about it, right? So that's just one category of incontinence. Another one is urgency. So you can have overactive bladder without leakage where your bladder says, I have to go, I have to go. And you can have urgency incontinence where you also have that that urgency, but now you can't make it to the bathroom. So one typical complaint I'd have from a patient is what we actually call the keyhole syndrome. There's a name for it. Basically, it means you drive home, you get home, and you put your key in the door, and all of a sudden, you have to go. And it's not so much, oh, the bladder decided it had to go. It's that your brain is saying, oh, we're in a safe place right now. There's a nice, clean bathroom there. You've got to go. And if you do that every day, it's a response that your body has that creates that urgency. So that's just one example in urgency. Then you could have mixed incontinence, which is urgency and stress both together. People of urgency quite frequently will get to that stress incontinence or stress because now they're worried about losing urine, get to the urgency. So it's pretty common that after a while, both will happen with someone. And these are their high percentages of this occurring. It's not just an old lady's condition like people like to think. Athletes have it. And that's even a conversation on itself is how many other people can actually have incontinence beyond what we think is the normal mm-hmm. about out there. And it, we want to say it's not normal. It's yeah. something that happens that should be treated.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know I was visiting with family and my sister and I were having this conversation and I was like, I was sharing with her, you know, what we're doing in terms of the workshop that we have coming forward, that we will be sharing more information on that is that, you know, one drop is, is not normal and she was shocked. She would really one drop and I said, "Yeah." She was like, "Oh my gosh. And there is help for that." And so I know that many of the listeners out there are experiencing that one drop, <laughs> you know. You stand up and you go, "Well, where did that come from?" And just knowing that number one, that is not normal and not to accept it as a normal, but two that it's some there this is something that you can get rid of you can reverse those symptoms, right?
2: Yeah, there's so
1: much that can
2: be done. I mean, on different levels of whether it's exercise or it's behavioral changes or things that you can just do every single day that changes how you use your body and how you incorporate different techniques that it's not like, oh, I have to exercise all the time. It's actually changing things you do in your everyday life that can really, really help resolve the problems.
1: Absolutely. And you just touched on something that is big in my area of my work is is exercising, movement. And what I have found is that a lot of people are not moving correctly, which is almost exacerbating some of the symptoms. And that's just not, it's just due to the lack of awareness and knowing what posture that they are in. And we are all twisted, as I tell all my clients. We are. Just That's just life. We have a dominant side or compensatory patterns that will have us moving out of balance. And our goal is to bring us back into balance. And I have just seen some of the pelvic concerns that have come in my doors due to the lack of awareness of the body and knowing the body alignment. And then helping then to overcome some of those asymmetries that are causing some of these pelvic issues.
2: Right. And I think that's such an important point because people think, well, all right, I might recognize now that I have a pelvic floor issue. I have leakage. And that means I have to do a, a thousand and one Kegels, right? And, and you know, the, the discussion could be sometimes that can be a good thing. And sometimes that might not be a good thing to do. And do we need to look at the whole body? Yes, we do, to really resolve the issue because we are our whole body is one integral unit. It's not like our pelvic floor is one thing, our heart is another, our brain is another. It's all interrelated. So we have to treat the whole body in order to really make things happen for us, right? To to in an easier way, I'll even say, instead of like forcing things, is if we learn to use our bodies better. These techniques are much easier to do. And I think the beauty of the workshop we're going to do is really talking about integrating all that and and having fun doing it and realizing this doesn't have to be a hard thing that we add to our lives. It has to be something that makes our lives better.
1: Absolutely. Right? I totally agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Down to, as you were speaking, I was thinking of just even crossing our legs. So the fact that I'm sitting with my, my left side, just because this is my own awareness, is my left side. It's my tight side. And which does cause some asymmetries. We all know that. But just having that awareness, and this is what I work on with my clients, is just being aware when you are experiencing either some stretching and you know that you're tighter on one side more than the other, then looking at your your patterns, your movement patterns. How are Mm -hmm. you walking? How do you carry your bags? Because as you're saying, it is a whole system. Yes. And once we are aware of that system, and all of us are unique, then you're able to start diving in down there and as to yeah. what is really going on. But it does take the whole in order to fix what's going on down yeah. there. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: As a, as a pelvic PT, we, our assessment is often just, we call it the subjective, when we verbally go back and forth and ask questions, sometimes that's a half an hour because we dive into whether they have incontinence or pain with sex or constipation. It doesn't matter what. It is, we want to know what all those components are because we have to address all of it. Again, the, pa- the patient, the person as a whole, in order to figure out what's right for that person. So pelvic PT, I think, is, is such a great profession. I feel like I've been so honored to be able to treat patients and have them open up to me and discuss things that they don't necessarily discuss with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And to be able to figure out what's really going on down there when we have to learn what's also going on up here. right? What's happening at the brain, what's happening at the rest of the body, and then being able to resolve the issues through those different steps and learning more about the person to get them better as a person, not because they've come in for incontinence, but what do they need as a a person, right? And that's the awesome thing I think about pelvic PT that's very different than you might experience, you know, going to other medical practitioners or so forth is that whole body concept?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it is, I've heard it many times from clients. Oh, I've gone in for, you know, this concern and I just feel like I didn't get the support or they didn't understand me or I really don't know what exercises I'm supposed to be doing at home. It's confusing. Those are just really, you know, feedback that I have heard. And that is why I'm so excited about what we are bringing forward in terms of a different approach, looking at the whole and then being able to have these intimate discussions about what is going on down there, because as you're saying, that is too, even in mind, it takes a lot of trust for a client to want to expose that they are, especially if I'm having pain with sex. I mean, that is probably one that most people hide too. It is, yeah, I am peeing in my pants and I don't like it. They're embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it, but when they hear just like my sister, I'm telling her one drop is not normal. And she's like, really? You know? So I think just bringing that awareness will open up conversations and then start to open up this idea of looking at the whole body versus it just being, I'm going to go in for my 15 minute appointment, walking out almost more confused about what to do or what not to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, 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 I think it's, it's a tough world because it takes a lot for a person to step forward and admit to these conditions that most people don't want to talk about. Yeah. And then to be able to, you know, take it a step further and try to learn a little bit more, feel comfortable with that, and then do something about it. And then the next step I would say is they then become an advocate for other people to step forward. Yeah. So, you know, anybody listening out there right now realizing, "Mm, I may have this problem, realize, go ahead and have it taken care of go to the proper, whether it's pelvic PT, Pilates, all the different wonderful things that can be done, that that's the first step. But then realize the next step for them is to start talking to their friends, their mother, their aunt, their husband, their, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about women, but men have these issues too. And mm-hmm. we don't want to ignore the fact that they absolutely need attention for this and also should not feel like I, I can't have this addressed, yeah. you know, or I don't want to talk about it. We do want everybody to be able to step forward and feel comfortable, right. right? So we normalize the conversation. Not, not that it is normal. No, that's the these topics are, they're not normal for someone to experience it, but we normalize the conversation so people feel
1: comfortable with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be my first words of encouragement is to seek out support. And, you know, you can reach out to all the listeners. You can reach out to myself. You can reach out to Ingrid. We'll have all of our information in the chat. But I strongly urge from the perspective of my work is that you find a professional who can help you understand your postural alignment and how you are moving your body. So doing a movement assessment is key in the work that I do. And I, too, spend a lot of time working with a client to help them understand you know, what a pelvic tilt is, you know, what, you know, anterior, posterior tilting, because what's going on in the pelvis region, the pelvic region is key. And so many are taught wrong in terms of crunching their abs. We all know that. And I'm like, no, no more crunching, no more, or over-engaging your glutes. Because if you try to clench your glutes, that's going to push your pelvis into that posterior tilt, it's going to cram you forward and I would suspect from your work and you correct or you share is that that's overusing, right? Mm-hmm. That would- yeah.
2: So overuse is actually a much bigger issue, I think, than people realize. Mm-hmm. So whether there, there are many terms for an overactive, a tight or hypertonic pelvic floor, mm-hmm. you'll you'll hear a lot of those phrases. Just realize it does mean a, a pelvic floor musculature that's being overused. So it it is it can be tight. But the pelvic floor does not respond well to either being too tight or too loose, as we'll call it. So the muscle fibers respond very quickly, which means they change quickly in not such a good way. That means they don't function well, Mm -hmm. right? And if they don't function well, then the rest of the core does not function well. We talked last time a little bit about the whole core and the pelvic floor being kind of the foundation of our whole core, like Mm -hmm. the foundation of our house, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So just bringing that conversation back a little bit, if we don't look at that and we realize, oh, we've got tension maybe in our hip, then the thought should be, well, I might also have tension in my pelvic floor. My Mm -hmm. pelvic floor is trying to make up for what my hip is not doing well. So a lot of people who have hip conditions have pelvic floor conditions, Yeah. right? So, you know, the question should be, is it not just, well, I might have pain at the pelvic floor incontinence, but do you have pain at the hip? Do you have pain at the back? Do you have abdominal pain? Do you have surgical scars in the abdominal area, in the buttock area, in the hip area? These are all typical issues that happen in all pelvic floor conditions. Yeah. So we have to look at this broader spectrum of not just do I leak, but do I have pain with sex? Do I have pain in my hip? Do I have pain in my back? Right. And and I've talked to a lot of people where I've done this for my back. I've done that for my back. It just is not 100% getting better said, have you ever had your pelvic floor looked at? And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, that's probably the origin, (laughs) right? If everything else has been done and you know you're doing good work on it and it's not getting better, that's a telltale sign that the pelvic floor is involved. And I've talked to many other PTs and when they realize that as well, they're like, oh, I need to send my patient to you so we can tag team and work together, the two different physical therapists, and resolve the issue that way. And it works beautifully, beautifully. I've seen it thousands of times, you know, in my career, how that works so, so well. And it's kind of an unknown yet that back pain has anything to do with with incontinence or other pelvic conditions. Right.
1: Absolutely. And, And it's the same in terms of the work that I've been doing as well, is that I always will refer to a pelvic PT, to Ingrid, because they, it's so key. And a big one for me that I see is a lot of those that have had cesarean sections. So those that have C-sections are really struggling with pelvic floor problems because they just, I I hear it almost weekly. Those that have had a C-section can't, they are like, I don't have a core. Like, I don't know where it is. I don't feel it. I can't engage it. And then making that relation to, oh, it is impacting how, you know, it's impacting my pelvic floor because it's all related. Yeah. So I'm always wanting or needing to send clients to help assist in in tag teaming from the core work that we do, but also how to engage the pelvic floor correctly after such, you know, something that is so traumatic as a C-section and other surgeries.
2: Yeah. So you brought up an Awesome point, Lauren. I think, and and listeners really pay attention to this. So a C-section is a major abdominal surgery. What happens is people are so busy saying, well, you've had a child. We're focused on the, the baby. And obviously, yes, you want to make sure the baby's healthy. Everything's going well. So not to say we shouldn't pay attention. However, we shouldn't have all the focus away from the mom. So now you've had a major abdominal surgery and you're taking care of an infant and you're having hormonal changes. There's so many things going on during this time Mm -hmm. frame, yet women are told, just go home and take care of the baby, right? Why is physical therapy not ordered in the hospital immediately? Right. There, There is so much going on right now in the PT world. We're really trying to change this, to really try to say, women, don't sit back and say, Okay, I know I have to take care of the baby. That's my job. You need to also be very vocal about yourself, your partner. Be very vocal for the person who had the baby. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're saying, this person needs the help. Mm-hmm. Recognize it, get them to pelvic PT right away. Mm-hmm. We are seeing changes in some larger hospital systems that this is now a referral, like an automatic referral. Mm-hmm. Which it should be. Mm -hmm. It should be, but it's still not a major thing. It's really just starting. Mm -hmm. So, the more that's what I'm saying, listeners, just really, really pay attention. If you either are pregnant yourself, some, you know, someone who's giving birth, they've had a C section. Please, please, please talk about pelvic health being an immediate and pelvic floor PT being an immediate, immediate post delivery phase that they go through. It's so important.
1: Thank you. It is extremely important. I have birthed five children that were all natural, not by C-section, but nothing is ever the same. And the earlier you can do it, and it wasn't, I, no one ever talked about taking care of myself after any of mine, to be honest with you. It is just go home. You have a baby now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's going on down there was never discussed. And, you know, I remember my first son, I had such extreme impaction. Yes, here we're going down Mm -hmm. there, but it completely disrupted my whole system, completely disrupted. And I'm probably still traumatized by it and not even realizing it. But yeah, so everyone listening, definitely, if you know of, you know, you're going through it or any of your family members are having a child, anyone that you know, encourage, encourage. Even if it's not something offered, seek it out because it will make a tremendous impact, not just emotionally, but physically.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And that emotional component is important. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the rate of depression increases. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that happen. So a pelvic PT is in a great position because we will see the patient more frequently than most other practitioners. Mm -hmm. And we can capture sometimes what's going on, whether it is an emotional issue, whether it is a blood pressure issue, whether there are other things going on, we can capture that and sometimes get that person to the right practitioner early on instead of having them suffer or something becomes so dire, you know, that it becomes a whole nother issue. Yeah. Another severity level, right? So we want to capture that early to make sure that we're taking care of, you know, them and they're not suffering longer later in life as well, because all of these things add up. And there's something really that I, I thought of the other day is that many people are having their babies later in life. Mm-hmm. And then they go through what, w- what was always called postpartum. And the assumption was postpartum was uh, about six weeks long, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of that, it's a fourth trimester that can last months and years mm-hmm. afterwards, and that that needs to be paid attention to. Right. So I was thinking with women giving birth later in life and this postpartum fourth trimester phase actually being kind of like a mini menopause on itself, Mm -hmm. women are often transitioning from this fourth trimester almost into perimenopause and menopause, Mm -hmm. right? So it becomes a longer phase in that person's life than it was before. So if we can pay attention to it right away, we can help down the road through that perimenopause, menopause and later. And it's even a whole nother topic that could take hours on itself. Right. (laughs) Right. But just to alert people that, you know, we're moving from C-section to fourth trimester to perimenopause. Menopause, look at how much that affects, how many years of someone's life that affects. Right. And again, when we talk in the workshop, you know, about these things that we will be making those ties and those connections and letting people understand their musculoskeletal system better, that we both work with intimately all the time, that how much the musculoskeletal system is part of all of this, that we're absolutely. not just talking about hormones, right? We're, we're not talking about the typical things that people talk about, but the musculoskeletal system has huge changes during all these time periods in our life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely it does. And just knowing the relation between your hormones and the musculoskeletal system, because it's, it, it, it's related, just like we're saying the whole, most people don't realize their hormones are having this effect physically, and emotionally, that are creating a lot of the, the disruptions that I call them in life mm-hmm. physically. So, yes, our workshop is going to cover so much. It's a full day workshop that I guess we might as well just start talking about it. Sure. Right. So let's talk about this day event that we have coming up in February. February yeah. 5th. I am super excited to work with you and collaborate on this powerful topic that is covering what's going on down there and how The movement strategies that I will be sharing in conjunction with your work is helping clients find that, as I said earlier, the alignment. How do we start to find and be aware of our bodies? Because what I found in all my years of teaching is that most people are not moving well, or that's even saying, that's even being nice. They are moving wrong. And I am here to try to help change that and help educate correctly on how to be aware and not just feel like you have to go in for your hour workout because that hour workout, you guys, please listen to this. This is just as powerful. If you're just pounding at the gym, you may be doing more harm than good. This is not to scare you. This is not a scare tactic. This is honestly, I've seen it in the 20 years I've been teaching, is that most people are moving incorrectly. And moving incorrectly, and I always tell people, you're better off just going and sitting on the sofa with a beer and a bag of chips (laughs) because if you're not moving correctly or you're lacking that awareness and you're not present when you're working out, you're either going to be injured or you're creating problems that's affecting what's going on down there as one Mm -hmm. or further leading to illness. And I've seen it again over the years. So I'm super excited about this workshop. As you can tell, I get really excited. So tossing the ball back to you, Ingrid, and you can share your side of what you'll be bringing forward. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited as well. (laughs) So I think it's a great way to bring our two philosophies Mm -hmm. together and learn how much they actually bridge and how much we can work with each other. Because I'm very big in the medical community, in Mm -hmm. the personal life community, the interdisciplinary care mode, right, where we Mm -hmm. really look at how our different specialties can complement each other, not fight each other, but complement each other, right? And to be able to educate people on how their body moves and why it does. Like, what does the musculoskeletal system do? Why does it even do these different things? And that knowledge lets you understand why you need to do something to help yourself, what you need to do something to help yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the whys and what's that we'll put together to clear that up and then talk a little bit about like, what does that mean for conditions? Mm -hmm. What are all the conditions? When I go talk and do presentations for folks, they are flabbergasted that so many conditions are related to the pelvic floor, Mm -hmm. like constipation. You Mm -hmm. know, we talked briefly about that. Like incontinence, there's so much more that the pelvic floor and the entire pelvis is responsible for. I always say the pelvic floor is responsible for so many tasks, yet gets no recognition mm-hmm. whatsoever. So we we want to kind of demystify that and clarify that in the course. And then we want to take it a step forward. And really, we'll, we'll have this whole lab session. Each of us will do a yeah. session where we physically get in there and do things together as a group. And that's usually so much fun because people start bouncing ideas off each other and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm doing this. And what about this? And how do I do that? And how do I get rid of this problem? Mm -hmm. With some very simple, simple tasks Mm -hmm. that either as a medical practitioner yourself, you can learn and help your patients with, or as a layperson, someone who's suffering with these conditions can learn and help themselves. So our goal is to help the entire community, whether you're a medical practitioner of all sorts, Nurses, doctors, PAs, physical yep. therapists, it doesn't matter whether you're a yoga instructor, Pilates instructor. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we'll get credits for PTs exactly. and Pilates instructors right. to take the course. But when everybody starts talking the same language, which I think is one of our big goals, yeah. then everybody gets the help much sooner, much better, and they yeah. help. They become advocates for others. So our goal is that help the people in the course, but start getting that advocacy going further and further and further out that the whole community benefits from it. So I think we've got a different way of looking at things Yes, that a lot of people can really learn from. And and I'm so excited to be able to do that. It's so different. I think than the approach that a lot of people take is is are trying to marry our ideas together and get people better with more ideas instead of
1: just siloed down to one. Exactly. And I think it's going to help release some of that confusion, as you said, demystifying what's going on in terms of What is really happening to the whole system inside? You know, if I always use the analogy of the clogged toilet. So if your toilet is clogged up, where does it go? It starts to back up and it starts to get, or how many of us have been constipated or we can't go when we travel? That's a big one. My husband, I have this conversation all the time. And it's like, why don't women, why can't you go in public? But the impact that that has on the whole body and what it's doing when you are impacted so that once you can clear that toilet and you see it go down and it all flushes out, you go, whew, God, you feel so much more relief. And this is what we're going to talk about on these simple ways that us collectively working together, but not just together, but with our community, as you're mm-hmm. saying, so that we can help unclog <laughs> and start feeling good and start feeling free and start flowing in your movement and in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And I, I really like the idea of the whole. The community and on different levels, right? Yeah. Whether it's medical or personal exactly. or whatever. And, and I think that's kind of what we titled it with personally and professionally, not, not to be confusing, is so that people realize that it'll help the individual as much as the practitioner who's trying to help others, right? That it, it covers all of those bases.
1: Exactly, exactly. And this is not something that I don't feel our medical practitioners are all taught in terms of how to have these types of discussions. So we are excited to be able to offer this so that maybe those practitioners that are listening, you may want to join in because it'll give you maybe some insight on how you can have conversations with your patients.
2: Mm-hmm. And it, as those professionals, I think something that's really awesome is once they recognize the issues in their patients and they know that different resources can help those patients, their their treatment methods become so much better. Their patients are so much happier, yeah. you know, to, to learn and know that, wow, I can actually do something about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I, I got to do presentations for all different levels. So it could be everything from other physical therapists to nurses, doctors to, you know, rehab facilities that have to do with the elder care. Here's a big, you talk about incontinence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Over 70% of residents in nursing homes and elder care facilities have incontinence. 70 percent. That's huge. Yeah, That's huge. And yet it's not recognized or, well, just wear a diaper. Yeah. Wow. Really, that's the solution, you know, so to change that mindset. So no matter where you are as a practitioner, to realize that some little things can be done to make big differences. And if you feel those aren't enough, that pelvic PT, Pilates, Mm -hmm. yoga is all out there to take those further steps, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on the level, the involvement, how severe it is, right? And those decisions, I, I think our workshop will help people make decisions too, is what level am I? What? How much help do I need? Can mm-hmm. I resolve it myself? Or do I need someone yeah. to help me, right? And I'm now not worried or afraid to step out to say, because the conversation is normalized, I can step out and say, yeah. oh, I can get help. And there are a lot of people who suffer with this. I need to say something about it.
1: That's awesome. That is awesome. And I'm so grateful that we are talking about it. And it's never too late. It doesn't matter the age. So for those of you that have not been talking about it, have been embarrassed, no more, no more. We are having conversations. And we invite all of you listeners to have conversations with us. So we would love to have you join us at the workshop. Even if you don't live locally, you're still welcome to come. And that workshop is February 5th, and it's going to be all day starting at, do we open up at 8 o'clock in Mm -hmm. the morning? So we start at 8 in the morning. We'll go until we finish, and that's probably around 5.30. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And we'll have a a fun dance session. Oh, I can't wait. uh, We have an awesome individual, Kat Biggie, who does a lot of, she incorporates core work with her dance makes it fun. So she's got a wonderful little session at the end that'll help people just like integrate everything they've learned and have some fun and kind of say, okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel, you know, just rejuvenated and energized and, and have wonderful information. And we both have So I have my book, The Musculoskeletal Mm -hmm. Mystery, How to Solve Your Pelvic Floor Symptoms. And you have your manual.
1: I do. I have a guidebook. It's the Conscious Strong Lifestyle that will guide you through finding this flow in life by strengthening from within. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we have both of those as part of registration. Yeah. So not only are you getting the class, you're getting these awesome, awesome resource materials that will help you keep going. It'll give you that background information to refer back to that just enriches everything you've learned for that day in the
1: course. Exactly, exactly. So I think everyone will win after this workshop with us because those that are practitioners, PTs, and Pilates instructors, you can get credits for this, as well as all of you, just anyone in the community. Again, just come have conversations with us and then do a little dance after. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful to have you back again, and I'll look forward to having you back again in January, right? So we're going to come back and have more information to share with you then. And so for now, thank you, listeners. So grateful to have you joining in, and we'll see you next time at the other side of the studio.
0: Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the other side of the studio podcast wherever fine podcasts are available. For more info, visit ConsciousStrong.com to learn about classes, retreats, and more.